Father, thank you for uh, your goodness, Lord, and truly there are times, Lord, that, that, that you pour your goodness out and we rest in that goodness in greater measure. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus and um, the fact that he is our rest. And Lord, uh, thank you for the, the new kids this morning, and uh, we just pray uh, your blessing upon that. Uh, those who are traveling, we, we pray for them. We pray for Gene, Lord, as uh, another chemotherapy on Thursday and feeling pretty bad today, Lord. And so we, uh, we just lift her up to you, strengthen her. And uh, Lord, we thank you again. Uh, may uh, the conversation be rich and may it encourage us in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, oh, Steve's at a big party. I talked to him yesterday. <clears throat> he sounded so, uh, he called me yesterday at like 10. I'm like, what? Aren't you getting ready for the party? He goes, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's not much to it. No. Yeah, he was not. He, in fact, when I called him Tuesday to let him know what was going on, he's like, "So do I need to cancel my trip?" I mean, he was like wanting that to be an excuse. I think. I'm like, oh, you're fine. So. No, it's going to be going to be among barbarians, as he says. So. <laughs> well. It's funny because he led with, well, he goes, after driving on wherever he was, the Salinas area, he said, I realize I don't want to move back here. I said, were you thinking about it? <laughs> he goes, well, no. <laughs> so, um, so we've been talking about Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath. So um, how is Jesus the Lord of the Sabbath? We're going to jump into that, but I want us to, to kind of, you know, maybe bat this around a little bit. What do, you, what do you think? Well, he instituted it. Okay. Right. He explained that God made it for man. That it was right. man wasn't made for it. He made it for them. And was it the Ten Commandments? Yep. Commandment and number law that three. And he didn't come to, he came to fulfill the law. Okay. And knew that the Pharisees Okay, can I qualify that statement? He sure. was trying to show the fulfillment of what God really intended. Okay, yeah. Um, and, yeah, ma'am. Um, something else that maybe because the Sabbath is supposed to be a day for rest. Okay. And in Jesus Christ, we rest. Right. Yeah, maybe we should get a few more of those. All right, we could have passed it to you, but that's not. <laughs> she wanted us. We probably need to get a few more. Yeah, we'll need some more for, I think we have some, we'll need some for a week from tomorrow. Anyway, so Sabbath is, and here's the thing about Jesus fulfilling. So the law puts a burden on man to perform it perfectly, right? And the reality is some of the reason I think that drove the Pharisees and the religious leaders to add more laws was because at what point do you truly rest? And so a lot of the laws that they were making surrounded the, the Sabbath day. 
Uh, don't spit in the dirt because you're making mud. Don't, uh, you know, which is important that we understand that because Jesus spit in dirt and then made mud and rubbed it on someone's eyes, right? And he was, again, pointing at these laws that they had made that no man could keep. I mean, just, and so when we see that Jesus fulfills the law, he fulfills the law on our behalf. And so Paul uses some interesting terms like abolishes the law. And he doesn't mean like the law is no longer in effect. What he means is for those in Christ, it, ha- it holds no more power over us. We, have, we, we aren't bound to the law anymore. And that is the ultimate rest that Jesus has given us, which is really what, what we're saying is that Jesus man, knew that man needed rest. Um, and I often say this, if God needed to rest on the seventh day, how much more do we need to rest? But our rest isn't just so we can go, you know, oh, cool, I'm going to sleep in. Um, and this is, the, this is the, the mindset of a lot of people. I can sleep in. I can watch my football. I have an excuse to sit on the couch all day. Uh, <laughs> she's having a rough day today. Oh, yeah, you know. You know, there's days that I feel like that. So, um, and, and so when we look at Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath, it goes beyond, and this is where we want to dive into, it goes beyond one day of the week, right? If he is our rest, is he our rest one day of the week, or is he our rest 24-7? Oh, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> um, I was going to bring up last week, oh, somewhere in Hebrews about... Well, why don't we turn the page and go to Hebrews chapter 4. <laughs> you, you, just, you just have to, you have to, you have to, yeah, you, you have to pinch hit for Steve because he, he was, always goes ahead. So good job. I'll let him know you, you success, were successful. You did not let him down. So Hebrews 4 verses 1 through 11. Um, who would like to read that? Go ahead and start when you're there. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we have <clears throat> we who have believed enter the rest, as he has said, as I swore on in my wrath, I shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the formation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, Again, he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice and do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his work, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Okay, so there's a lot that, that comes before the 
what I would say apprehendable words because there's some Jewish things that he's dealing with um, to the Hebrews here saying, hey, you know, and, and, and he's kind of leading up to Joshua took them into the promised land, but they didn't enter rest, right? They were not, and if you look at, at Israel today, they, I don't know if they, they were dispersed for a while and then they came back together and I don't think they've ever really been at rest. Um, so what is the rest that he's talking about? If, if, if they entered the promised land, um, but yet they still didn't find rest, the author of Hebrews is saying, okay, so how do you enter that rest? There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, verse 9, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So this is a direct correlation to the fact that you can't work your way into rest. You can't work your way to peace with God. You can't work your way to salvation. I mean, that's, he's really addressing that here. And so the encouragement is then, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. I would never tell, by the way, a Christian to strive except for strive to make sure, strive to encourage one another that Jesus has finished it all. And, and I think that that's what we need to understand here is that um, we will always strive to feel right. And that's the battle we find ourselves in. And the only way we will feel right is if we're resting upon the work that Christ has done. So what does that mean for you guys? What does it mean to enter into the rest that Jesus Christ has provided? To have peace of mind. Okay. Knowing that there's nothing more that we need to do. Okay. Great. Matt said it all for you, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, just, you know, for me, it's restful just knowing that there's someone in charge, not me. Okay. Mm -hmm. That there's a plan. Mm hmm and I, you know, all the striving, you know, all of that, all of that angst, you don't need it because mm -hmm. there's already a plan in place and somebody so much smarter and better at it. A little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. And the grace, understanding and receiving the grace that don't even think about trying to make up with God or something, mm -hmm. but you receive the grace and the forgiveness that's there. Just shut up, quit arguing with self, and just receive it. Yeah, okay. Like you said, it is finished. It is finished. And I, I mean, and I think that that is hard for us in a world from the beginning that has been corrupted by works-oriented belief. Because everything does have a consequence, right? I mean, every action has a, a reaction, as they say. I mean, you can't, uh, even if you think of breathing, if, if I inhale, it means I'm going to exhale, right? If I, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. If I you know, misspeak, I can be called out on it or, you know, or something. I, I think that, that we, we recognize that. And so we have this idea of an honor system, which we've talked about before, of, of earning. And Jesus totally removes that. And yet, that doesn't mean that we stop doing anything. 
right? So how do we, how do we then function from a place of rest? when I um, strive to make something happen and when I know that there's that striving and unpeace, I'm thinking God isn't in this. <laughs> You'd better quit now. God's not in this. Because there's, there's no peace there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love hearing that. But. No, no, I'm I'm very happy with that sound, but I get I I'm I get distracted very easily. So, what squirrel? What are they doing? A bit because I'm like, well, what song are they doing? No, <laughs> Laura and I went through that. I don't remember. No, so it doesn't matter. Um, so, oh, I think that it doesn't matter. That other one is closed. But uh, obey your dad. Sorry. <laughs> Respect your elders. No. <laughs> and so I think that that because um, here's the question. Let me ask you all this, and this is really where it comes down to: Why do you show up at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning to study God's word? Steve looks at me if I don't. <laughs> you could have played hooky today. That's what you're saying. No. <laughs> well, Steve's not here, and yet here you are. Yeah. <laughs> Must be something more than Steve. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. It feels right, and yet, you know, we're not here, and we know that you all are gathered here, and we're not among you. It feels there's something missing. Yeah, okay. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Connie. I I come because it's where I learn. Right. And I can't. I mean, it's not that your message on Sunday mornings isn't great, but <laughs> no. I I really learn more from you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it's funny because monologue is one of the worst ways to receive information, and that's what a sermon is. <laughs> and so this gives us the opportunity to process in a different way among one another, uh, you know, to hear what other people are thinking, to encourage one another to be on that same page. Um, a habit is good, um, but something initiated the habit, sure. right? Okay which was given to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it's a response of the Holy Spirit. And here, I'm just going to be vulnerable for a minute. I, I get frustrated, and I try not to be frustrated when people um, are getting ripped off and not showing up on a consistent basis. Again, I get it that people have things that they're doing. That I'm not, I don't want to to negate that life happens and trips happen and sickness happens. I, I don't, I never want to make sure, but it's frustrating for me because the same Holy Spirit that compels me for years now that I, I need to be at church and my week doesn't feel right if I don't go to church. Even when we went to vacation in, back in June and we didn't go to church, it was weird for me. I wanted to go. I mean, there were some people that I could have visited with, but my family was like, really? We're, you know, we're trying to, and so, 
But, but, and of course, my family, you know, are all Christians, so that helped too. But at the same time, it's like, man, I miss, there's something that happens in a corporate gathering that God does that we can't get anywhere else. And, and so I really want, I encourage us to pray that people would respond to the Holy Spirit who's drawing them. I, you know, he's not different. He's not different, right? He, he's the same message to all of us. He's giving to other people. And again, so I like what you said. When I'm not here, I feel like I'm missing out. Mike's probably right because now, you can, now you're talking about me and I'm not here. So no. <laughs> uh, We did talk about you a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Where is she? Well, she's walking. <laughs> you know. And so I, I just think that, that there's this understanding that Jesus is drawing us always into the rest, and part of that rest is gathering together. We find, I hope, encouragement and strength and um, a reset. I want to call it a reset. You know, when things are going through through life, uh, you know, you, you kind of need to be around other people who are going to support you. And and sometimes this world is, well, it's garbage. We know that. Let's not even talk about it. There are great things in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we can't find the beauty, but it is upside down. And I, I don't want to give, I'm going to talk a little bit about it this morning, but it's like, sometimes you're just like, I don't even know how to deal with this. It makes no sense to me. I, I can't process it, right? Um, you know, like just today, it was in Haiti that 15 Christians were kidnapped. Um, trying to, they went and built some uh, a home, and they were traveling back home, and they, they were kidnapped by some group. We don't know who. So, uh, when uh, families, a couple families that had gone down to do that. So, it's like, man, in Haiti, they're going to hell. That makes no sense to me. I just can't, it, it just... I, I don't understand. Um, and so when we gather together, though, we get this, wait a second, God is still God. He's not unaware. He's not distant. He is working, whether we understand or he's working the way we want him to or not is not the point. The point is we know he's working, we know he's good, and we know he comes from a heart of love. And that gives me rest. You know, And there's some days it takes me so while to get there, right? Um, but... You know, the events of this week, if it weren't for what the Holy Spirit has done in my life, I would not have had rest. I do have rest. Um, I can't explain it, but, I, you know, I'm at, at peace with everything. And a lot of it's your prayers. A lot of it, we process some things with one another. Um, so I don't know, Matt, if you guys know that um, Porter Bill took his life on Monday night. Um, and so it's been a bit of a week around here. So... Um, Anyway, so I don't want to be talking about something you're like, what is going on here? So, uh, so pray for Lila and uh, the family. Anyway, um, and so, but the peace of the Lord, right, is the only thing I can hold on to. I, I mean, because that's the only reason I have hope. Uh, you know, I would think that when I would look through my phone to find pictures, I'm looking and I find a video of when I baptized him. And I was thinking, man, this is going to ruin me. But I watched it, and it gave me great hope and great courage. Um, and so, you know, I just think that, that this is the rest that Jesus was talking about. Uh, let's look at Matthew 11, because I think, again, this is a part where we come in and we understand here um, that... 
again, why Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, why he does this. So someone read a 28 through 30, please, of 11. Come, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn, learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in, the, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this would be one of those scriptures that I strongly encourage people to get familiar with. Um, I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit has spoken this word to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden or heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Because my yoke is easy, his burden is light. I'm out, was, I can't carry the burden on my own. And so when it comes to Christian living, when it comes to being right before God, that is a burden which the law shows is something none of us could carry. And so we find that hope in Christ, in Christ alone. And so, um, I might have answered the question, but I'll see what some of you have to say. How do the words of Jesus here in Matthew 11 explain the truth that he is the Lord of the Sabbath? I look at it this way too. So, when when kids are young and there's a let's say there's a wheelbarrow full of you know rocks and dirt, this just heavy, and you you bring your dad a dad brings a son in and says, hey, stand in front of me and we're gonna go take this wheelbarrow and dump it over here. Well, the kid's not doing anything. They just got their hands on it, right? They're not really helping. The dad's doing it all. But yet there's such great joy that, this, that the child is experiencing in this moment and because he's not laboring, right? Yet he's part of the work, but he's not laboring. And so I see that, you know, when, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, well, he's carrying the whole burden. I, and so even though, and he wants us to, to the fellowship point, he wants us to be yoked with him. Because outside of that yoke, the, the, the burden is crushing. And again, for the Jewish mind, they would, have, they would have thought, wait, he's telling me I don't have to do anything. I don't have to, I have an escape from being weary and, 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 and heavy burdened. Um, because some of that, if you, and if you ever meet like true East Coast uh, Jewish people, they're hilarious because they're always talking about you know, oh, how, I, how many problems I have and how everything, it, it's, I mean, we do that anyways, people, but they're a little more vocal about it. And, and so that's just kind of that, that weird culture is, is look at what I'm doing, how much I'm carrying, all this stuff. And Jesus is saying, yeah, but I've carried it for you. And I invite you to be part of this. Um, and so um, 
That's how he fulfills that. So here's an interesting question for all of you. When should the Sabbath be observed? get a gold star <laughs> yeah yeah and if you remember right because you contacted me after last week's study a little bit we weren't we weren't there yet last week right we were talking about a day we were talking about relaxation we were talking about rest and which is a great place to start but we really need to get to what you just said so how do we experience sabbath 24 7 putting our lives in God's hands. Okay. Yeah. Hebrews, we, you know, 4.11. Therefore, strive to enter that rest. That should be something, should, I said it, that should be something that we would encourage one another to be thinking about and holding on to. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't blame you. <laughs> Sometimes you just want mom. I've never experienced that, but that's okay. Oh, I hope my, sorry, mom, if you're listening. (laughs) She won't listen to it, so we're okay. But (laughs) um, you guys like, you have issues, Kirk. Yeah, I do. Uh, So again, why is this though then a battle for us? Because I would, I would say if we're supposed to experience the rest, that the, the Sabbath rest that Jesus provides for us 24-7, why is, why is it such a struggle then, if he gave us the rest? Why does this feel like such a battle? Because we can do it ourselves. Okay. We're in this miserable world. <laughs> <laughs> There's some brokenness happening in this world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what chokes me is the tyranny of the urgent. I'm, I'm, I've got the to-do list mm-hmm. marks at me all the time and there can be a rest in doing your to-do list but my worry is always uh oh I'm am I in God's will it becomes a, a legalistic um, it's really awful it, it, it chokes me all my life I struggle with it yeah. Well, I heard years ago, if we find ourselves disappointed or let down, it's because we were relying on ourselves and not on God. And so, you know, it's interesting because it's easy for us. I mean, even in godly things, I want to go do this for the Lord, and we feel like, we feel like a failure. And that's a key point. We feel like a failure. Well, it's really not a failure because God is still working. And the pressure's always been on God. It's never been on us, but we, we heap... So for me, I'm a schedule guy. I don't like it when my schedule's disrupted. Um, very challenging for me this week, I'll be honest with you. So Friday night, we're getting some stuff finished for children's ministry. We have a six o'clock. We're going to dinner at Chapala's with, there's, you know, Paul and Terry and Lake and Megan and Mike. Anyway, we were all going to go to eat, and then we're going to go to the Swar Farms and do the corn maze at night. And uh, so I had it kind of scheduled out. Um, and so at 5.30, I'm printing stuff, and the waste toner is full, and it won't let me print anything else, and they haven't sent me one. Last time, they sent me one ahead of time, and it's 5.37. Allied business closes at 5. So I tried to call them anyway at the, their business number. And then I email, and then I'm like, I'm just going to call the dude's cell phone number. 
And he actually answered. He goes, I was just reading your email. I said, look, I'm gone next week. And we've got some things that we need to print next week. And so anyway, he goes, so he goes, I, I can have my tech there at 11 on Monday to take it out. And Paul's like, I'll be there. I'm like, okay, good. So we can print next week. But I'm like, I just, I'm like, why? And so then I'm frustrated. Let me go to Chapala's. Thanks for letting me just have some time to vent. Um, and Chapala's, well, I wasn't resting. That's the whole point. I was not resting. And Chapala's was ridiculously busy. And here we have a party of 16, right? And we're like, and so we're there. And we didn't get out of Chapala's to almost 8 o'clock. And I'm supposed to be at the corn maze at 7.30 because I contacted Wendy from Swar Farms and said, hey, can we be there at this point in time? Because I know you closed. Oh, yeah, no problem. And so they're not getting our checks. And so we get in the car to go to, to, to Swar Farms. And Laura, she's like, you know, it's going to be OK. You can't control some things. I said, I just want one thing to go right this week, according to my plan. That's all. I would just like one thing. I said, that's all I'm asking. It's not, you know. But I wasn't, I, I was, was not resting. Um, and so I think that there's a battle. To your point, the tyranny of the urgent, everything feels like we have to do it now. And many of us are people who love um, production. We like to get things done. And if you're like that, usually you find more things to add to that list. Well, I got this done, and I have time, so now I can do more, right? And if you're like me, you step on people's toes and do their jobs, and they get mad at you because you're like, well, I said, well, I had time. Well, it <laughs> doesn't matter. I'll do it my way, not your way, Kirk. I, I've heard that a lot. So we strive to enter this, this rest because even in our spiritual life, right, this is where we, we battle. If I just go to church all the time, yeah, you should. I mean, I'm going to say it. You should be at church more than not. Uh, you should be. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little more urgent that way this week. And so I could, it could be the rawness of my emotion and how I'm feeling. But we need to be in fellowship. We need people to know um, that it's important that we gather together. God has given us one another for a reason as a family. Um, but what are some other things that maybe you have found? So we have urgency. We have the feeling like we're in God's will, will necessarily or not, feeling like a failure. What are some other things that hinder us from um, receiving the rest that Jesus has given us? Well, I know that I pray about things. I say, God, I'm turning this over to you. But I find that I'm reaching for just a little corner of that something that I'm, you know, I'm not just letting go and letting God. I'm trying to hold mm. on to some of it myself. So would we say, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so we would say some, some no, well, you can agree or not. Would we say sometimes it's, it's a lack of complete trust? Yeah. Right, right? I mean, you, you know, because we pray, I mean, which, yeah, you should pray, but many of us pray and we don't leave it with God. Well, and I think what we're mentioning is that we live in time. 
and so we have deadlines and we have expectations of certain things to be done and other people have on us too. and sometimes yeah, no I agree with you but sometimes those expectations that we think other people have on us are self imagined um, you, you know because a lot of times people are like I never expected you to do that I'm like well okay but I want to do it right <laughs> and and, uh, and so but we, we deal with this and, and I think God, we, we lose the big picture often that this moment is a fleeting moment. The God of eternity and our eternal lives, the rest that we have for all eternity is supersedes all of these mosquitoes. I hate mosquitoes. I hate gnats, right? But they come and they fly around you. I'll take meat bees. I don't care about meat bees, but, mos <laughs> you know, but mosquitoes irritate, their, their noise irritates me. Right, and it's just like all these things feel like they're they're drawing our attention and not resting. Um, not that we don't have to get stuff done. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but when we when we when we labor from a place of rest, there's more delight in how we approach what we do. We realize, wait, this is something that I do and offer to God as a response to Him that He's given His love to me, so now I can love Him and how I respond, how I do my chores, if we want to call them that, how I respond to my spouse, how I respond to my neighbors, how I, how I serve, how I think. Because if the enemy can get us to think that this moment and this day is all we have to concern ourselves with, he's one. And if he gets us to be caught up in our own problems and just trying to make it through the day, he is one. You know, he doesn't win the war, right? Because we know that Jesus won. But he's made us ineffective because we're told, again, we're ambassadors. Well, we can't be ambassadors unless we're resting in what Jesus has done for us. When we do, right, then we get the yoke and we're walking with him. And it's delight and it tells us in First John that his commands are not burdensome. And that's another thing about when we go to Jesus being our rest. If we're feeling burdened... It's because we're, we're, we're trying too much on our own. Um, and this is a battle that we will, sorry to say, battle for the rest of our lives. But when we gather together, we realize we're not in this alone. There's nothing that is tempting us that's not common to everybody else. And we can strengthen one another and pray for one another and help one another strive to enter in the rest of what Jesus has done. So how do our hindrances that we just talked about, and more that we could probably name, differ from those of the Pharisees that were having a hard time entering that rest? <laughs> Good answer, Harold. <laughs> well, I mean, they were obviously legalistic. Yeah. But we are too. So we tend, I mean, we fall back to that yeah. easily. Yeah, I mean it's an it's an easy default. It's like people who are miserable, and but yet they understand what the misery is looks like, um, and so they don't come out of the misery because at least it's 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 predictable. Where you know if you come out of that and you're like now I don't know how to function in this world of of joy and peace, and so it's it's scary for me um, until we get there. And and again the Pharisees were, I, we want to be careful, they were not these evil horned men who were, who were out to, to, to kill everybody that didn't follow the law. They were religious 
um, men who were just zealous to keep the law. Uh, yes, Connie. And didn't the Pharisees also, because they were so zealous to keep the law, they had to have the law in order to think they were religious. Exactly. If they didn't have the law, then they wouldn't know what to do. That doesn't make any sense. No, no, I mean, no, it does make sense. And, and I mean, they were the ones that are like, this is how to keep the law. Look at us. You know, this is how. But then, of course, if you say that, you better be keeping the law. And, of course, Jesus calls them out. They weren't totally keeping the law um, many times uh, because their works were done before men so that they could be seen, so that they could look righteous. Uh, you know, and again, it's nothing new under the sun. Uh, we fall into that trap very easily to go, well, what I do shows whether or not I'm a Christian or not. Mm. No, there's a lot of people who can do a lot of good things and look like they're, they're doing things right, but they're not. Uh, and so we, instead of trying to attain to God and do enough works to be God, you know, to please God, we receive the forgiveness of Christ, the rest that he brings, the approval of God that is only found in Christ, to where we hear the words, and I want you to encourage you to hear these words, well done, thy good and faithful servant, is spoken over all those who are in Christ, because he was the faithful servant, our life is hidden in him, and so God says, good job, well done. And all he's talking about is, hey, we believed, he who believes. And is baptized is saved. Who does not believe is not saved. So belief is what's the work. And that's the work of God. We talked about a few Sundays ago. This is the work of God that you believe, is what Jesus said. So we look at it and we go, God gets all the credit, all the glory. All we're trying to do all the time is get some of our own. <laughs> and, and God loves us and our own strivings will fail so that we're like, I need to rest in Christ. And so Bonnie, I mean, it's it's good to be, I wouldn't say totally frustrated, but it's good to realize, man, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I keep failing in my mind, right? But is it a failure when it's driving you to enter the rest? Is it a failure if it's driving you to enter the rest of Jesus? I would say no. In God's world, that's not a failure. That's him winning and him showing you favor and him you know, pouring his blessing upon you. Um, but there's something that drives all of us, right? You know, We want to we want to do well. We want to accomplish things. And that's okay. Yeah. It's a great phrase, in light of eternity. <laughs> you know. Uh, and so it's fun, though, to do things out of, as Paul says, the love of Christ compels me. That wasn't a that wasn't a, oh, the love of Christ burdens me so much, I have to do this. It's like, man, I get to do this. Um, and there's a battle for that. There's a battle for that attitude. Uh, constant, sorry to say, yeah. constant. So it's important we gather together. Important we pray with one another. Important we encourage one another to enter into the rest and speak Jesus to others. Because that's what everyone needs is rest. Kirk, will we be having classes. Yes, Harold is going to moderate again. Uh, You've been forewarned. <laughs> uh, Pastor Chris might show up. I told him he didn't have to. He goes, oh, I might show up for Bible study. Don't be intimidated. He'll have some good insight, too. He's a good guy. Um, you guys will enjoy him. I, I, I leave you in very capable hands. Uh, and uh, Chris Simmons. Chris Simmons. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Um, very exciting good fit for the 
crazy ministry up the hill. So. <laughs> so, Father, thank you again for the rest that you give us. Thank you for each one here. Lord, I pray that we would lift one another up in prayer because entering your rest is, um, is difficult on a daily basis, and yet you've provided it completely for us. And so by your strength, by the strength of the Spirit, Lord, we ask that we would completely rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen.